Blog Talk Radio. Yo! Thank you for joining us tonight here on Block Tuesday at 7 p.m. I am your producer at hand, Mick Sykes, and I'm here with your illustrious, wonderful, musical, talented, beautiful, educated, smart, spiritual, priestly. It's Jib Jack if you're nasty. <laughs> no, Janet, it's fine. Like, you're going to get your 50 cents every time I use it. And tonight's topic is spirituality as activism. Um, this is kind of a general title. I tried to, um, you know, blurb it as much as I could. Um, and I hope the sound is better for you, night, tonight, for you guys tonight. We've been working on the sound to get as clear as possible. Hope it's a little clearer. As a producer, like, I want to know that stuff and really get your feedback on it. Indeed, please let us know, and thank um, you for sticking with us. We do have a chat room here on, if you're listening to us on Blog Talk Live right now. So please, like, feel free to talk to us and interact on the chat if you don't want to get live with us on air. But if you do, we do have a call-in number. And so if you have questions or comments or anything that we're talking about tonight, you can call in at 914-205-5458. Again, that phone number is 914-205-5458. And um, you can also find us on everywhere. We're available on anywhere you get your podcast. So we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Um, so you can check us out there. <clears throat> you can also follow us on Instagram um, at Kai and at MixSites, that's M-X period, S-Y-K-E-S. Um, and I guess we can get into it. Indeed. Well, I don't think <laughs> that um, the, top, the, the title is exactly that broad and open. I think it's apropos. I think that's a, especially a good way to start this season in terms of speaking on spirituality, um, because we need it. And... There's so much to be said about how one can use spirituality as activism. Is spirituality an activism situation in and of itself? And what is it that makes certain spiritualities more attuned to revolution versus one's personal okay. individual growth, right? Never mind, you said it. <laughs> I, was, I was like trying to like, we have like hand signals to interject something. But you said the thing, like, right. it has to be, your activism is moot without revolution, like, um, revolutionaryism. If you don't want to use your activism towards dismantling the system, right. 
dead. It's it's like faith without works. It's just just dead. dead. And the thing is, there are spiritualities that have headed successful revolutions, um, and there are spiritualities that are more personal that in working those spiritualities and religions and traditions well will assist you in being um I mean sorry to put it this plainly useful <laughs> to the revolution and are not necessarily going to be used in the revolution itself as a spirituality, right? So mm-hmm. let's get hit to game. Um, there are some things that I first want to speak about um, in terms of the nature of it's, it's it's so hard to find a place to start here and I've been thinking all day about where I'm going to start and I think one place huh? And I've been thinking, yeah, I think one place that we can't start since this is uh, an age where people are trying to understand um, what it means to identify as whatever it is that they identify as. I think understanding one's spiritual maleness, if you will, and spiritual femaleness or femininity versus masculinity in that term. Um, how how does that even, how does it begin to make sense of that thing? So uh, what a lot of people who are not necessarily versed in the spirit don't understand is that like end of the day, you have an initial incarnation, right? Now we're delving into reincarnation and many traditions speak of reincarnation. The one that we as Westerners are most familiar with speaking of Um, people have their initial incarnation. That initial incarnation into this dimension kind of shapes the energy with which your body begins to like emanate, right? Your body as a point of energy, your body as a source and a emitter of energy. If your initial incarnation was female, nine times out of ten, there's parts of you that will always remember that. If your initial incarnation was male, there are parts of you that was that will always know and remember that as well. When you go throughout time, and sometimes you switch sexes as you reincarnate, sometimes two of your incarnations can manifest into one body. And a lot of times those incarnations are of opposite gender expression. That's how you get two-spiritedness, right? Then it's to some people's two-spiritedness. Then sometimes that if you're a male, if you're male body, the memory of the female um, situation that you had in your initial incarnation or any of your incarnations that were female begins to trigger your body's memory and your brain's memory and you start to identify in that way and vice versa. So a lot of times, besides other biological factors, people are not versed in the spiritual factors of transness. And I feel like if you guys just understood that this is beyond how somebody sees themselves in the mirror and more so beyond how their energy shows up in the room and their personal understanding of how it shows up in the room, regardless if you have those sensitivities where you can feel somebody's energetic um, 
situation or if you're just going by your eyes, we can trust that people know after much study <laughs> how they show them the room. Um, I just wanted to add to something or like point out something to um, what you said earlier. Trans people are never treated as the gender they're assigned at birth. Like, you all, there's, mm, how do I put this? There are people who always get treated as if they're in the company of women, even if they're male. Like, we all have those, like, men in our family. I was one of them that were just always around the girls and always around the women and treated to an extent by other males in the family as such. And then sometimes some of those people transition and, like, into the women that they're, like, fully into the women that they are. In a sense. Like, surgery doesn't, you know, mean anything. Like, I'm a non-dysphoric trans woman. Like, I happen to have no issues with um, my maleness. Like, my male, my, my male... Biology, if you will, for lack of a better term, if someone has some that's terminology, right term. please. To me, that's um, the right term. Um, and to some extent, my family, I was always treated like a girl in many, many aspects. Mm. And I've figured out how to perform maleness or like the 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 expectation of masculinity within my family to a degree where, like, that, like, lessened, and I was able to, as a woman, get into those male spaces and say some things and do some things. Right. And that's why people in my family, like, have this, like, very, like, clear respect for me. Because some people peep that. Indeed. That I figured that out. And even, like, trans men, like, there's that whole term tomboys. Right. Like, they, and those tomboys are treated like the boys. No different from the boys. And sometimes, you know, it's as simple as you're a lesbian and you happen to be a butch lesbian. And other times it's, you know, wait, no, there's a man in here. You know what I'm saying? And that's just how the cookie crumbles. You know, I mean, I had somewhat of a similar upbringing. I doubt my family would recognize it as such because there were a lot, there was push and pull. There were a lot of times where in the company of certain family members, they would treat me kind of like one of the girls and sometimes begrudgingly so. And, other times it was like a fight to make sure that I was a man, right? And um, even that kind of thing, when when certain things that are considered male or masculine don't necessarily vibrate with you, when someone tries to understand you or where you're coming from or exactly which like levels of masculinity you exude, um, it becomes even more like toxic, you know. Um, when people try to impose their their trans- traditionally transphobic views onto you, it gets very triggering and toxic. So you've got to, um, again, work with yourself and working on and with yourself and making sure that you're comfortable in your own skin is the only way you can be revolutionary for a community because end of the day, every single thing (laughs) is going against you and your community. So if you can't stand firm in your, in yourself, knowing, no, this is me, regardless of what you say, regardless of what you think about me, 
and I know what rights I deserve and my kind deserve, then there's no way that you can be revolutionary because mm-hmm. you'll be constantly fighting up against a standard that does not fit you and, and trying to find a place in that standard. And once you try to find a seat at the table, we send it a million times. Once you try to find a seat at the table, then your activism becomes self-serving. Because once you get a seat at that table, you will be essentially utilizing oppression to break oppression. That's not how it works. So when you get there, you realize, hopefully, that your real goal wasn't exactly what you thought it was. And now here we are where you're corrupt, (laughs) you know. So you got shout be, out to Black Lives Matter. Mm, but <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> and it, I can't like we can't go like we have to stay focused on topics because like we get into like hot topics and pop culture, but like we want to really talk about like spirituality. Like I don't want to spill your tea, but Jack is like in the process of some like major like spiritual evolutions right now, mm-hmm. and um. Like we're both mediums, like we both give readings, we both like do our like do our thing and have like very um spiritual traditional connections, and I also like wanted to bring up like divination as a means of activism because that's something that's very like African and very like in our early history and something that's a very part a very big part of West African culture like you like need to figure out some shit like you go get a divination like that's what you that's what we do. It's true. And it's very good to get yourself divine because at the end of the day, like there's, there are beings who some were once, you know, human beings and others are just other dimensional in general, but there are beings who have gone through what you're going through already. And a lot of times divination points to stories that help you understand what it is that you're going through and that is something that's based on a vibrational standpoint that's beyond your body or your ego you know what I'm saying it's something that is just like kind of destiny driven right now having these personal divinations are really good again for you getting to know yourself but having you know I'm still trying to figure out and learn more things you know what I'm saying to anybody that's into any divination systems please call us at 914-205-5458 so that we can talk about the potential for community divinations. I know, um, you know, in um, in Ocha, there are, that you have house divinations for the beginning of the year and things of that nature. But what about overall community divinations? How do we get our community to understand what it is that we need to do beyond the things that we know you know what I'm saying, that we need to do as a community that people don't want to do, that, you know, we are trying to be peaceful enough not to do and things of that nature. If there's a way that there could be community at bow, all kinds of things, just to lift up the spirits of our people, that's another thing. We've got to stop tearing each other down. And in spirituality, spirituality is supposed to be uplifting. There should be no means of degradation between priests, between neophytes and priests between that there's no reason to make somebody suffer if if the deities call for suffering they will implant the suffering if it's necessary if it's a, if it's an ashe for that person then it will happen 
you know? So we've got to use spirituality also in these spiritual spaces to uplift each other. The divine and make sure that we, it's not about, it's not about claiming yourself a God. It's not about picking what gods you're like or anything like that. It's about understanding that divinity lives within you. And in so you have the power to change what needs to be changed. Okay. So let's talk about a little bit of history. We didn't do too much like and too much Googling and things of that nature as it pertains to like getting years and everybody's name that did it and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? You can definitely Google what we're talking about, but let's, speak on the Haitian Revolution. There would be no victory in the Haitian Revolution were it not for voodoo, right? Now, a lot of Hollywood (laughs) would have you believe that voodoo is some evil thing, you know what I'm saying? There are things that they, you know, they'd like to tell half-truths in that you know, you see a voodoo doll and yeah, can a voodoo doll do this to a person? Absolutely. But that's not what it's about, you know. And end of the day, the Loire, which is a system of um, deities that they have, were venerated in a way that allowed them to rise up against their captors. And therefore, I'm sorry, y'all. Win their freedom and win their land, the land that they had been brought to back from. They're slavers, right? Now, people will be like, well, Haiti is in such a bad way right now. Like, they, you know, well, that's because the system still wants to attack them. That's and Haiti because... owed reparations to the French. They had to pay the French right. for their freedom. Right. They had to repay the French just like Haiti is in a bad way. way. Uh, right. Because they had to give, yes, nigga. That sounds, that sounds absurd, but that's white people for you. And that, and again, it's that's the system trying to maintain and by at any cost the oppression that it means to keep here, you know. So we've got to not blame voodoo. Like, how do you blame voodoo? You know what I'm saying? Like, humans have to live this life. So voodoo and all all the spiritualities will guide you and take you away. You know what I'm saying? And take you to a certain place, and then from there. The community still has to do the work, the manual labor, you know what I'm saying, of getting the rest of it done. You know, there's all kinds of things they could have done instead of paid the French. But when you're a human being and you're looking at today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and you're just looking towards the future, you know, you tend to do things that you feel like will secure your mm-hmm. life versus get and it's not just full that, liberation. And it's know? not just that he says, like, many African countries still pay colonial taxes. For sure. Like, you would be surprised and <laughs> disgusted. I would hope you wouldn't be too surprised. I would absolutely hope you'd be disgusted. <laughs> um you know, and again, these are these are traditions that, you know what I'm saying, I'm not I'm not in myself. And there's little that I can speak about in terms of, and I'm sure little anyone can share um, about how to specifically make these um, religions revolutionary and, and work from a revolutionary standpoint. But my thing is, I hope that this inspires some Buddhists, some Paleros, some Olosha, some um, Akan priests, some Injuzu priests, some anybody, right? 
that works a tradition, especially an African traditional religion, um, to have the conversation among their comrades and among their cohorts. Because if y'all are not having the conversations about, okay, so how can this be worked in an activistic way? How can we be revolutionaries with this? Then not only what's the point, but what, but what's the point point, (laughs) you know? Yes, your personal growth was the initial reason that you might have gotten into any of these traditions. Yes, your personal growth is paramount to any revolution. If you are not growing at all times, then your revolutionary, um, your revolutionaryism is not going to be effective, you know? So absolutely. However, if y'all are not having the discussion, if we are not having the discussion as to how the specific things that we can do in these traditions can help the world come up under the thumb of white supremacy, then we are we just selfish? Are we feeling like we're not strong enough? Like, are we weak? Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, these are the questions that I have all the time as a person coming into a tradition. It's like, okay, I know the tradition that I have, I'm coming into is not necessarily revolutionary in and of itself, as in how it worked or how it was worked. Um, I do believe that my personal deity has a, a knack for revolution, and I also believe that she is working in a situation in order to change certain things about whether or not um, this religion is revolutionary, but there are things that we can do to, you know, be revolutionary in and of our own situation mm. that will make how people, priests of my religion, walk the earth more revolutionary just as they move, you know. Um, my godfather is very adamant about not re-triggering or re-traumatizing trans people in this religion as we come into this religion and as we already exist in this religion. Um, And I think decolonizing this religion and getting this religion back to its core, not not taking it from its diasporic um, alternative, if you will, and making it the exact, like an exact copy of the African original. That's not what I'm saying. But we know that ain't no African wore pants before colonialism. Right. We know that Africans have been painting their faces (laughs) in various ways, whether it be with war paint or the creation of actual makeup, you know what I'm saying, as we know it, where niggas put eyeliner on and different things and contour and shimmer so that they shine even more in the sun and all kinds of beautifying paintings that we've done on our face. Gender be damned. (laughs) Wigs. Nobody care. Gender be damned. Extensions, weaves, gender be damned. Jewelry, gender be damned. And since even Kemet, since, and since, probably since before Kemet, exactly. So when we come to understand that all of these roles, especially when it comes to how we show up in society, not what a man does. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you just said weave glue. Okay, and not. <laughs> Not in terms of like who's hunting, who's not hunting, including who's hunting and who's not hunting, but not 
necessarily regulated to the role in a household, but just how a person shows up in the world. We've got to decolonize this idea that gays is some white thing. We've got to decolonize the idea that gays have no magic. Um, excuse me, before any of you niggas got to the fucking Americas and the Caribbeans and the South America and et cetera, it was the gays and third gender people that y'all went to for y'all medicine. So what do you mean the gays and, and the trans we people have no magic? magic. It's, it's ours to have. So like traditionally, since a lot of people like to bring up tradition as a means to, to, to they, they wouldn't say oppressed, but as a means to other, which is what oppression is, um, as a means to other, a group of people that are still their people, um, Y'all don't even know tradition, you know? Um, so breaking those colonial mindsets is revolutionary, okay? So even if it's not literally like, oh, we're going to put a root on one of these politicians so that X, Y, and Z, which I'm like, by all means, let's put roots on all of these motherfuckers. But, <laughs> but beyond putting a root <laughs> on somebody, what else can we do? We can decolonize ourselves with these spiritualities because understanding them and understanding how these traditions actually work worked before white people decided to come through and implant their toxicity onto the situation worked before patriarchy um, took over and made God male worked before any of these things has occurred in our lives and in our ancestors mm-hmm. lives in order to get to where we are um, that in and of itself will change the vibration that we walk with and make us more powerful because knowing who we are, this is one thing that I can agree with Hoteps on, even though they don't know who the hell we are. Knowing who we are is one of the strongest things mm. and the strongest weapons that we could wield, you know? Oh. Um, and really, like, it's I can tell you that it's some colonial shit. That's some white shit. Like, indigenous societies, African peoples, indigenous peoples all over the world had spaces for third gender and trans people and magic and spirituality and community because, it like, that's what it was. Like, we fucking do divinations to when motherfuckers should be having babies or when, should, when we should harvest certain crops or when we should not if there was drought, if there was famine, and it worked, and that's what we did, and that's, like, who we are, and putting that back into a function where it works, because I, I don't want to completely shit on Christianity, because there are, very, there are some black people that it works for, like, it absolutely does, Shout out to Yolanda Adams and uh, <laughs> shout out Kiana Williams. <laughs> um, like there's some people that it, it, but but not many of us. Like it's one of the master's tools, and like even yet and still, the form of Christianity that we have, like is so convoluted and changed and diluted right. and chopped up and edited. You know, Council of Nicaea, um, King James, Vatican, on and on and on and on. Right. They tried to take as much of the magic out of Christianity as possible. You know what I'm saying? Protestant Revolution burned burned all the magic up. Like they just, just Protestant Reformation. Yeah. Like all like all of the magic of Europe gone. Like we don't like a lot of 
all, pretty much all African traditional religions aren't like reconstructionist religions. We aren't like building upon something that doesn't exist anymore. Like that shit survived deeply. And even in ways and families that are quote unquote Christian, like my family is Trinidadian and like in my family personally, like if some shit was going down, you would go to granny for a Bible proof where she would like put her hands on the Bible, say certain prayers and like open it up. And then like the two scriptures on like her, the scripture on her left hand was the thing you need to see and the scripture on her right hand is the thing you need to do. And that's like a divination that I have that was using my hand, but for sure shit, a divination. It's like Miguel's in like Christianity, but it's veiled in Christianity, but like it, like it, it's, that is what it is. And it's like a very like normal thing in my family that we would do. Right. It's some hoodoo shit. That's very hoodoo. And the, the, the thing is, Like, okay, like, I don't mean to speak on my family, but the thing is, folks in African traditional religions might, like, talk a little bit of shit about Christians, you know what I'm saying, like, when they get around each other, but in all, like, no one is ever telling you to stop worshiping Christ or stop He's an going ancestor. to church. Exactly. He's an ascended master as an ancestor. So no one, no one ever, no, no African traditional religion person came into a space where Christianity was raining and felt uncomfortable like we don't go into church and be like <sighs> and like our skin melts or anything like that no we go into church and still stomp clap and still worship you know what i'm saying like my my aunt nana Baakan and her family have never been christian you know what i'm saying well well i can't say that about my aunt because she grew up with my grandmother so she was probably christian or or feigning christianity for a while and then she went to ghana and came back a whole priest right so Whenever any of our family dies, besides, I guess, whenever her immediate family starts to go, see that? Guy? <laughs> Excuse me. We go to Christ, Christian-based funerals. You know, we all show up <laughs> to a chapel. You know what I'm saying? Where they're gonna sing all this Christian music and do all these Christian rituals to bury this person. And we have respect for these um, for these ceremonies. We come in. It's, a, it's, a, it's crazy to see a woman that, you know what I'm saying, who is the first child of her mother have to bury her mother in a religion that she personally doesn't believe in. But guess what? That's the thing that her mother believes. So we understand how it would be disrespectful. Christians, however, right, if it was up to one of my other aunts who's extremely Christian, who, you know, they, her and... um. Her and my 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 con aunt don't necessarily get along right now, but if it was up to this other Christian aunt, if and when my aunt that is an African traditional religion um, priestess dies, if it was up to this Christian aunt, she would have a Christian funeral. It wouldn't be oh let's like what do we have to get like what are the drummers like who what. Are there drummers? Like, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Like, if luckily <laughs> my aunt in the ATR has children, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, who could head her funeral. But if she didn't, she would be asked out because she would have a, a funeral that was all Christian because these Christian people aren't even willing to learn about these other traditions in mm-hmm. a way that would support 
such a thing that would support someone having a funeral more based in their religion. There's another reason why I think it's so beautiful that there's so much community in these religions because, again, when an Olosha dies, they got to have Itutu. And if that person doesn't have actual family in their family that does, um, actual bloodline family that does Ocha, there's a whole group of people in their God family, in their Ile, that know what to do. You know what I'm saying? Otherwise, that's dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not only dangerous from a spiritual level, that's like disrespectful. You know? Like, how can someone have peace if they're, if they're gods that they worship all their life is not venerated as they pass? You know, that's, that doesn't sound like that spirit will be at rest ever to me. Um, so even in that, it would be revolutionary for Christians to step up off their box, <laughs> step off, you know what I'm saying, and open their minds to what other people experience. You know what I'm saying? If Black Christians would just be like, okay, this person works this way, and that doesn't mean you ever got to go to a quasadai, which is a 40-day period of, of these Akan traditions where the priest's shrines are open all day, all night. Um, it don't mean that they got to go to a bembe. It don't mean that they got to be in these spaces. You know what I'm saying? You as a Christian don't have to come into my spiritual room if that's not what you're trying to do. You know what I'm saying? To me, it's great that you feel like the spirit is active enough that you and your situation is like, nah, we're not going in there because. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of what it means you think. At least you feel the reality. <laughs> <laughs> at least you feel the reality of my shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But end of the day, you don't have to walk into that room. You should know how we cleanse ourselves. You should know um, that our funeral is not going to feature um, um, his eyes on the sparrow. You should know. <laughs> you should know that you're going to need some drummers. <laughs> you should know these things that, that, that empowers you to know what it is that your brother, your sister, your aunt, your cousin needs at least at their funeral that's revolutionary because it is africanness insisting on itself that's one thing that i feel like as african traditionalists or people that are um practicing um african or even eastern spiritual um practices could do better with and could use to be more revolutionary in their practices with it's really activism once you start insisting on yourself. That's not the idea that we got to go to court every time because, oh, we want to do this, we want to do that. Mm. No, it's like, I'm going to do it anyway. There's all kinds of mandates against, you know what I'm saying, some of the things that go on in these traditions as it pertains to sacrifice and all things like that across almost every board in the country. There's all kinds of like things that are not quite laws, but like make it something that you can call, like somebody else can call the cops on and they can disrupt your event, but nobody might like go to jail, but the event is hereby disrupted. You know what I'm saying? Because of, because of that. But guess what? It's revolutionary that niggas still do it. <laughs> it's revolutionary that somehow we're like, yeah, no, we have to find a way. Like um, Bay said, these things survived in the, in the middle of everything trying to be destroyed, you know? It's revolutionary because you might never encounter a language anywhere close similar to your ancestors' original language, but entering spaces where these religions are prominent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, even when it comes to Ocha, you know what I'm saying? You have Lukun Yol and, like, 
you know what I'm saying, like Candomblé is like a, this mixture of Portuguese and, and, your, and Yoruba language and things of that nature. So what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We could still get to experience something closer to the originalness that we are than what it is that we experience otherwise. You like, know? that's what niggas die for. Niggas didn't die for us to vote. Right. Niggas died to keep this shit alive. Like, even, like, very different than white Christianity, and that's undeniable. Way more magical still. Way more magical. Like, niggas getting fucking possessed, like, fucking, like, singing like they sold out. Like, fucking, like, you know, like, it's different. Mm -hmm. And that that means something. It means everything. It means everything. I mean, even if y'all want to go, let's get a little bit deeper into Christianity. Oh, wait. They, Before, hold that thought. Let's get into the song. Let's take a little break. Oh, yes. So Wait we got a song from my girl, Bridget Perez, called Fullback Be With You. It's my jam. Um, please enjoy. Go to BridgetPerez.com and get your whole life.
Yes, BP. Yes, that was Bridget Perez. So um, all of her information is in the description box. So you can catch her on Spotify, Apple Music, and SoundCloud. Um, that song was Be With You, or Fall Back, Be With You. Um, if, like we said before, if you guys want to call in tonight, if you have any questions or any comments, that number is 914-205-5458. I know you. And that that line gives me just like, I mean, even though, again, that's clearly talking about, you know, some kind of relationship, romance, et cetera, right? To know is to love, right? So if you don't know, like, if we don't know what each other's practices, like, not necessarily consist of, but, like, the basis of them, then do you really love that person? Are you tolerating them? And if you know me, tolerance is, like, arrogant as fuck to me. Like, don't tolerate me. You either accept me or you don't. Like, oh, my God, tolerance is just, like, not revolutionary at all. Um, So... out of Christianity. It took a lot of the magic out of Christianity. Black people being magical inherently and innately added energy to a situation that they were trying their best to take energy that we could tap into, right, from us. There are books of the Bible, if we want to talk about something that could be revolutionary, something that we've seen proven revolutionary on the wrong, in the wrong hands, if you will, right? Um, there are books in the Bible that are that have been taken out that are straight up brujeria, straight up witchcraft, period. Like no chaser, not can't call it anything else. It's witchcraft, right? Google the lesser key of Solomon the King. Google the higher key of Solomon the King. If you're easily scared, maybe gloss over a description of the lesser key. Um, and never look at those sigils. <laughs> if you're not so easily scared, go in and let have. There's so much good information about the kind of motherfucker Yahweh is in the first place in order to let you be able to, and what it is that is necessary for you to be able to tap into these energies, right? That some people will call demons, but we call demons as it was normally spelled, right? And it's takes a little bit of the evil quote-unquote context off of it but end of the day this is a book of the actual bible not a book of the satanic bible not a book of anything that most christians would consider evil no this is yahweh saying hey so solomon this is how you do x y and z and solomon being like i bet let me jot that down so other people with similar situations can also do x y and z okay the hierarchy is more about, you know, tapping into the angelic chord, which, like, honestly, if you if you can't make Azazel give you information, you're not making the weakest cherubim do anything. <laughs> so you still got to, like, go from lesser to higher. There's no way to actually work the hierarchy without having, like, figured out what's going on, at least in the lesser key. Um, and these things give, like, I mean... Just there's been times where candles have been lit, and I mentioned the Goetia, which is the which is, and can be um, known as the system of that they practice, can be known as the system that is practiced, and also the list of the spirits that um, are worked within that system. Um, candles have been lit, and literally the word Goetia came out of my mouth, and 
suddenly shadows are morphing and <laughs> things are happening in the room. You know what I'm saying? Like you can ask people, I'm not going to put nobody's name on blast. They will, you know what I'm saying? But end of the day, a grid of crystals and a candle and the mention of Goetia gets you activity very, very quickly. And it's things that, again, you want to have more of a level <laughs> of knowledge, you know what I'm saying, before you even try to do these things. That is not how you absolutely summon them. Please do not do not just do, do that. Like said, do not try to stay home. Bitch. Please do not just do that. Please oh go in. Please go in and really read what the shits are before you try to summon anybody, okay? Because they <laughs> will come. This is the thing. They will come. But if you don't have a thought circle, if you don't have all the things Stop necessary... You don't have all the things necessary to protect yourself and to, to to essentially keep certain things in line so that these energies don't again, it's not about a volatileness of the energies, but these energies are bigger than should be manifested in anything but a confined space. So before you go summoning these energies all willy-nilly into open fields, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, where they could expand beyond your control, figure out how to maintain the space in which their energy can stay stable, okay? Um, and I think that goes for any religion or any spiritual practice that you're talking about. There's so many people who want to talk about they practice Palo or whatever have you that's never been scratched or presented to any house. There's so many people who swear that they've made their own pots without any guidance or any, you know, signature of, of approval from an actual palero. There's so many people out here showing people what's inside of the Ocha Soperas and talking about we're selling them who have no witnesses in a book that say that they were crowned. You know what I'm saying? And these things are dangerous because it's not that you aren't manifesting something. No one said that you don't have spirit. reminds everyone you have ashe regardless if you have regardless if you have a crown regardless if you move muertos regardless if you work egun right you yourself have ashe sometimes you are tapping into other people not because you're a medium but because you're a telepath mediumship and telepathy are not the same thing mediumship is you getting messages from spirit and telepathy is you inside somebody's head or you sending a message to somebody else yourself or you getting a message from somebody with your own ashe. You can put somebody in a jar and have your own ashe work the situation. You can do all of this stuff doesn't mean that when you put that pot together as someone who does not have any initiations <laughs> that you did not manifest something Thanks. into that situation. Do you know what that thing is? Is that thing the Chola Wenge you think it is? Or is it somebody that is Chola Wenge-esque enough to have used the fact that you got ashe to get here? Okay, like these are things that we've got to, again, and especially as we speak of things that have more revolution attached to them. I feel like Paolo would be a great revolutionary tool for people who are called and meant to work Paolo as a medicine. Okay, that's another thing. Most of these spiritual traditions need to be looked more, looked at more like medicine than they should be looked at like witchcraft because a lot of it is not witchcraft as witchcraft is traditionally spelled out mm -hmm. a lot of it is literally medicine spiritual medicine and physical medicine herbs that could legitimately heal you of your sickness and rituals that will legitimately lift 
illness from a spiritual standpoint. So we've got to look at it from that way. And I believe Paulo could be an extremely powerful tool to lift the illness of uh, that whiteness has infected us with. You know what I'm saying? At the very least, let alone eradicate whiteness from the situation. So um, again, please call us if you have any questions. Um, if you have any comments, if you are a member of these traditions and feel like you should speak on some things, if you got to call me and tell me I'm completely incorrect about some shit, let us know what's going on. I would rather the people have the information than sit here and posit that I know everything because I do not know everything. And I'm speaking in certain vague terms because there's only so much that can be said about the deepness of these practices without the people that are being spoken to having had initiations and without being initiated into certain things myself. So there's no way that I'm going to sit here and act like (laughs) what I'm saying is law. I'm literally open with, I believe based on the things that I've seen, (laughs) based on the energies that I felt, I believe that Paulo can be revolutionary in that way as well. And I Mm -hmm. believe shit. I don't see why we don't go on a beach, got the voodoo sauce and they little bonfire over there the Palettos and they bonfire in the middle, the Olochas and they bonfire over there, the Akan folk over there, et cetera, et cetera, and anybody that's tra- practicing real traditional hoodoo, because that shit is powerful, and we need y'all to speak up because nobody knows what the actual tea is, um, <laughs> and et cetera. You know what I'm saying? Even down to, you know what I'm saying, the, the Hindu practitioners, there's no reason why, they, you know what I'm saying, they have all kinds of shit, especially as it pertains to the worship of Kali Ma and et cetera. Like, Everybody get on the beach and they collective, <laughs> they collective bonfire and do their own thing. You know what I'm saying? Towards the same goal. I don't see why that can't be done. And I would love for somebody in these traditions to let everyone know why that can't and why that hasn't yet been done. To me, it hasn't yet been done because no one's brave enough to say the idea because humans have learned how to be separatist and are more concerned about the immediate well-being of their family than the overall well-being of their community, which is, again, still very important to the immediate well-being of your family because legacy should be an extremely important thing for you, and there's no such thing as legacy while there's oppression, period, even all these rich Black people that are building, you know, legacies for their kids those legacies can be way more easily lost than any of these white people who have been building legacies for generations. And then through those legacies built systems that would maintain those legacies while oppressing other people out of legacies. You see what I'm saying? So it's, so without freedom, there is no legacy without actual Liberty. There is no legacy. So can we come together and on a beach (laughs) and get this shit popping? That's all I got to say. Mm. I don't know what else to say to you, Holes, about that. Like, really, there's a there's a fear of getting together that we have, and people would rather judge how each other does things than realize that spirit, as it works with an individual, needs certain things from that individual, and that individual might not be you. So what they need for that person they and they didn't need for you or what they don't need from that person that they did need for you from you has no bearing on the reality or legitimacy of either of y'all's situation. 
So respect how everyone's lineage does things. Respect how houses do things. Respect how different religions do things. Respect, respect, respect. And let's turn the hell up and get this situation handled. Because, again, the thing is that the system needs to be brought down. There's no working within the system. Okay? The systems we can work within are these ATRs. The systems we can work within are the different magical systems that the East has. Sufism and Islam. Real agnostic understanding of the Bible. The Goetic um, order. Etc. These things have the power to really change something. And if we come together knowing that we all have a common enemy, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At the very least, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. At the very least, y'all want to be fighting about little specifics? What kind of world would it be that you could fight about these specifics without somebody, without, without whiteness on the back of your neck? Mm. How beautiful would it be to be able to literally spend your day arguing this thing down without having to be like, oh, wait, like, if I don't get off of there and go to work because blah, 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 no, like, how awesome would it be to not have to whisper as soon as you see a white person turn the corner, you know what I'm saying, because what they think about the situation is so much more important than what it is for you, you know what I'm saying, like, not because they're going to call the cops or not because this white person has any bearing in your life, but like if they wanted to, they could, and that's the point. And I've, I mean, I've seen all kinds of stuff work in people's lives personally, where they're protected from all kinds of things. But whiteness sometimes finds a way to win, and it don't be like this person slipped up and didn't feed their etc. or didn't blah blah blah, right? It be sometimes whiteness wants to impose itself a lot more than you as a person who is working a tradition and your community are imposing themselves and insisting on themselves. Okay. To me, if we're not willing to see a million black Wall Streets get blown up, if we're not willing to do, then we've got to come at it from a different angle. And we've seen one angle work. And we've seen how the mistakes were made to, to for, for that system to then still kind of reinsist itself, right? So let's use the thing that did work and adapt the other, the latter half that didn't to something else so that we can get this popping. The world needs it literally quite. Humans need it to literally be able to live and survive on this world because quite people done fuck up the damn climate. So what are we going to do? You know, I think black people at large are like, you know, fuck it. I guess humans got to go. But why? Y'all want to go without a fight? Let me know. Like, do we sit by and watch them literally destroy the planet and just be like, oh, well, it's happening. But it's not by like something we're not aware of. It's not some unknown force destroying the planet. We know exactly <laughs> is the fucking provocateur of this shit. Mm-hmm. And we sit and deal with it every day. So, like, my question is, how do you rest, rest well in your soul knowing that? Because, like, that shit keeps me up at night sometimes. Okay, and he don't got no initiation. <laughs> so how how you then be an initiated priest of whatever and then 
knowing that you have this power, knowing that you have this ashe, knowing that you have this ability, this calling, this endowment, you know what I'm saying, to, to move mountains, literally. And how, how do you sit well in your spirit? How do you sleep? Constantly trying to figure out what the fuck to do, you know? And I really hope that in all this spiritual journey that I'm taking, that the answers come. And I really hope that the people that continue to surround me and my Ile get to actually figure the shits out because we talk about it all the time. So it's not like me and mine aren't doing the work. (laughs) We talk about it all the time. And that's all anybody can ask. Have the conversation. And when something sparks, then make an action. Was like, oh wait, actually we can do this, 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 and this, and this. And it's like, yo, for real? All right, bet. Let's get on it. When do we do this? When do we do that? Boom, boom, boom. We all have different vibrations for a reason. We all get access to different resources mm-hmm. within our own situation for a reason. So like, somebody's a carpenter, but somebody's a painter. Not every carpenter knows how to paint the side of a house, but every painter can make the shit look beautiful, right? Let's hire and work with each other in that way, the same way spiritually, okay? Somebody good at cooking vegetables, the other person is a master at meat. Don't make the meat person start cooking the vegetables if there's somebody there to cook the vegetables. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's all do what we're supposed to do and work within the realms we're supposed to work and make that gumbo together. Because no one person can get it done. The restoration of community through spirituality. If like we have to, like they're they the only way. Like this this is a multi like tiered oppression. Like there has to be multi tiered solution, and I feel like spirituality is at the base of of that all. And I'm not even saying that we all have to practice the same thing. Right. But spiritually, like European Christianity is by nature divisive. Mm-hmm. It's not something that we can use, or at least like the insistence upon that it's like it has to be at the forefront. It's not going to work ultimately. So we have to like look into those old ways and look into where we came from to restore that. Um, and in closing, I will. I want y'all to gather this, and I'm pretty sure that y'all already know this. The motherfuckers at the Vatican worship you. The motherfuckers at the Vatican worship a black a black Madonna. The motherfuckers at the Vatican know that Jesus was black. The motherfuckers at the at the Vatican worship you, and in in their worshiping you, have figured out how to control you, including with your blood. Thanks for sitting with us under the Adupatri. There'll be a part two, beaches.